0: have you experienced what Beth was singing about that you've had an experience of the person of Jesus Christ and it left you so that you could only utter hallelujah praise God that's really what salvation is it's an experience with the God who loves us today we conclude our series what's it called for who? So have you, you got it all, right? You're getting it. We've been focusing on what God wants for each of our lives individually. We've been using our logo just as an object lesson, a way to teach the process that I'm calling Essentials of Spiritual Life, but it's, it's spiritual formation, it's steps of discipleship. And what we've been teaching is this on the logo tree on the logo tree yes yes there it is there it is there we have it god wants for me to pursue A relationship with Jesus by faith. That's how how we have a relationship, by dependence, by reliance. And as a result of that relationship, which is facilitated by communicating with God, connecting with other Christians, and caring for others, we are transformed. We experience a transformed life. It's something that happens to us, not by us. And the transformed life is evidenced by these phrases in the bowels. We love God. We love people. We live like Jesus. Our focus today is on living like Jesus. Take out your discussion guide, your message guide, if you haven't already. And the theme passage for today and also the memory verse for this week is those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Are you living your life as Jesus did? If so, it'll be evidenced in a number of ways, but I'm just highlighting three of these ways today. First, you'll have a supernatural nature that resists sin. When we're born again... We receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which changes us. If you're a born-again Christian today, can you say, I'm only human? No, you're not only human. You're no longer merely natural. You're supernatural. Supernatural. And that supernatural nature resists the attraction of sin. Galatians chapter 5. Put your, put your little ribbon there. And if you're using the, the Brookwood Discount Bible. That's right. B-D-B. It's on 941. That's right. And I told you, if you can't afford it, put it on David's bill. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16. And we'll be back and forth in and out of Galatians today. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Who has another translation and it says it a different way? What's it say? So I say live, by the live by the Spirit. Somebody back there said, walk in the Spirit. I really like that translation better because it implies a habitual lifestyle you keep taking steps then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves I'm not crazy about the translation sinful nature either Uh, literally the word there is flesh it's a Greek word sarx and what it refers to is unredeemed humanity Now, it includes the physical body. Our physical bodies are not fully redeemed, right? Everybody knows that? When do they become fully redeemed? Yeah, in heaven. And the word, the theological word is that you will be silence, glorified. In heaven, your body is glorified into an eternal body, just like Jesus. And you'll stay in that state. But there are other parts of us that are not fully redeemed besides the physical body. The mind, which is housed in a physical place, the brain, but the mind, the will, and the emotions aren't fully renewed either. They haven't been changed completely conform completely to God's truth so we still believe some lies about ourselves they sound like this i'm a loser i'm no good i don't measure up we believe things about god he doesn't care about me he won't deliver me that's how you get so so Distressed at times because you you haven't yet grasped that truth and that truth hasn't yet grasped you, and those old lies, those false beliefs, come roaring back in times of stress. And those lies, those false beliefs about your li- about your life, about God, about other people, make you subject to sin. Romans 7, 5, Romans 8.23. This passage uses the cravings of our sinful nature, which again is the flesh, includes attempting to satisfy human needs and desires through invalid means, through human sexual or sinful means. I meant sinful, but it's often in sex that we're seeking to to gain something that's lacking inside. Now, sex within marriage encourages intimacy. Outside of marriage produces guilt, fear, and isolation. Because sex as physiological act can't produce what we are really seeking emotionally and spiritually. Being guided by the Spirit implies both direction and empowerment. That is, both making decisions according to the Spirit's leading, but also acting with the Spirit's power. Anybody do anything this week by the Spirit of God that wasn't what you would have done before? Let me see some hands. You did something this week and you knew the power didn't come from that old self. We ought to be experiencing that, right? As we're, as we're changed more and more. Galatians 5, 17. The sinful nature, flesh, wants to do evil because it's fallen, See? Not completely redeemed. Which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And so these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So we're not free to carry out our good intentions. But we can carry them out. By the Spirit's enablement. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? The fighting within. Let me see some hands. You you identify that fighting, that struggle within. This ongoing struggle is between the flesh and the Spirit. And it occurs within every Christian. Verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. The law of Moses are rules and regulations. See, if we are following the Spirit's leading in our lives, that's both what we discern He's saying, and you say, well, I have a hard time discerning. Well, then there it is printed for you. If we're following the Spirit's leading, we don't need to look at a list of rules and regulations that are contained in the law. The law makes no one righteous. The law was given to show us our sin. And leave us desperate, needing Christ That's what faith is. I'm reliant on Him. I can't do it myself. So we cooperate with the Spirit's work by communicating with God. Prayer, fasting, solitude, silence. We we exercise some discipline in our lives. We learn to hear God's voice and discern it. By connecting with other Christians... As iron sharpens iron so one believer sharpens another. And by caring for others, have you noticed that that when you do something unselfish, it kind of reshapes your character. You know what I'm talking about? You know, we have a group going to feed the homeless, just one example, virtually every Saturday. How many of you have done that? A lot. You don't leave that experience unchanged, do you? It 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 alters something in you. It conforms you more like Christ. Verse 19. When, we, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the flesh, the results are very clear. Now, following the desires of sinful nature, there's another translation that some of you have, which is what? It's obvious, yeah, but it's, it's works of the flesh. I like that translation. Because that's literally where it comes from. It's the flesh. It's the unredeemed part of your life. And so these actions are flowing from fallen human nature. And the results are very clear, like you said, obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. See, all of us have a spiritual and emotional needs. And those needs are for love, for intimacy, for joy, for contentment, for peace, for personal significance. Nothing wrong with those desires. However... They cannot be met through merely physical means. Physical means can distract you. They can even produce pleasure. They can't meet those needs in any kind of lasting way. Verse 20. It continues. Idolatry and sorcery. That seems out of place, doesn't it? You think it looks out of place, Jamie, there? Maybe it's because this cheap Bible. No, here's why it's there. Because there's a desire in every human to be in touch with the spiritual realm. We know it's there. And there's a desire. But the problem is some people are trying to encounter the spiritual realm through inappropriate human means seances and uh, you know other sources not through Jesus Christ which is the way we're invited to encounter the spiritual realm John 14 6 the way the truth and the life now do any of those things work seances and all that I mean some of it's just charlatan you know charlatry not all of it is The spiritual realm is real. It exists right here in another dimension. And we can pierce that dimension. The problem is you don't want to pierce that dimension and invite the presence of demons out of it. These Ouija boards, they're not for play. You think they're real? I know they're real. And you do not want what those kinds of things invite into your world. And that's why it's warning here. These people want some spiritual experience... but they don't seek it through the proper means... which is Jesus Christ. It continues in this list. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy... outbursts of anger, selfish ambition... dissension, division, envy. When we're not led by the Spirit... Essentially, what we're doing is rejecting God's influence. So if you don't have God's influence, guess whose influence you're following? Your own or Satan's. And so that's when we become self-centered, selfish, proud, arrogant, competitive, we start demonstrating these things. Anger, arrogance, ambition, dissension, division, envy. Because you know what? Like, envy is, is I don't like what I have, I want what you have from God. And these characteristics damage, even destroy relationships. Verse 21, B, we continue. Drunkenness, wild parties, more literally orgies, actually sexual excess. And other sins like these. All of these are expressions of dissatisfaction, of unhappiness. They're trying in a human sense to meet unmet needs. But they're invalid means. All of these sins... Misuse the minds and the bodies that we've been given by God. In disobedient and destructive, self-destructive ways. Continuing in 21. But let me tell you again, as I have said before. That anyone living that sort of life. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, outward conduct. Indicates inward spiritual status. Now understand this. Living that sort of life. Do we have any English professors in here? Teachers? Where's my educators? That is a present participle. you know, like that, don't you? But what it means is it's an ongoing action. So in other words, it could, we could have in this verse, it's practicing something. It doesn't mean a single disobedient act. It means a course of action, a lifestyle of continually living that way. Indicates these people aren't God's true children. But everybody sins. I know you were thinking that. But not everybody everybody has an inner struggle between flesh and spirit. See, if you're completely comfortable in your sin, that's a bad indication of your true spiritual state. If there's no war between flesh and spirit going on, it means... There's no spirit. Romans chapter 6 sheds some light on this issue on 907. At verse 5. Since we've been united with him in his death, we have also been raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves, now that's not flesh, that's just like an old worn out garment, is what that means. We're crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power, the control, the domination of sin. See, the power of sin to control our lives has been broken in believers. Because that old self, that fallen self, who we were before we were born again, was put to death. That's why when we baptize, we take you under the surface of the water. Because the old self has died. And you're raised as a new person with a new self in Christ. By faith, you see, our sinful selves became one with Christ and died on the cross. And so, as new people, we possess God's Spirit. We've received God given righteousness. And then we're raised to live accordingly. No longer enslaved by sin. No longer. Our old lives were replaced with his life. That's what it is to live in Christ. To live is Christ. Paul wasn't saying that Christians never sin. He was saying that the domination of sin in our lives has been defeated when we were born again. So here's the first question. Do you possess a spiritual nature that resists sin? Living like Jesus is also evidenced by spiritual character that reflects Jesus. See after we're born again the spirit inhabits us and he begins to make some changes so that we reflect Jesus qualities which is referred to as you know fruit it's referred to as fruit John 15:4 remain in me and i will remain in you For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine or never grafted in. But you cannot be fruit and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. See, spiritual fruit is produced through pursuing an ongoing, continual relationship with Jesus. Back to Galatians. See, I told you i will leave that ribbon there. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. There is no law against these things. All of these character qualities, look at them closely. Where are they seen? They're seen in the way we relate to each other. So how fruitful are you? And what areas are you strong? Where are you weak? Now, I'm not saying by that that these fruit are separate and distinct. But I am admitting to us that they can develop unevenly. Some character qualities are part of our natural personality. But you see, as we become conformed to the image of Christ, all of these personality traits, all of these character qualities emerge because they're all part of his personality. And these character qualities are not developed by effort. Rather, they're the work of the Spirit of God within us. Who has a fruit tree in their, in their yard? What do you have? Lemon. Well, have you ever been awakened by that tree <clears throat> jutting out a lemon? <laughs> Forcing one out? Ooh, that was a big one. You know, almost like passing a stone. That's not the way fruit is born by a tree. It happens gradually, naturally. In fact, it starts as a flower, doesn't it? That's the way fruit in our lives happens. It emerges almost unnoticed by us, but not unnoticed by others. But it doesn't come as a work of the flesh, you see. It doesn't come through great effort. It comes when we stop looking at the fruit and start looking at the Lord and He changes us now you can cooperate with the Spirit's efforts or you can frustrate the Spirit's efforts by engaging in sinful behavior because we can quench the Spirit which some translations say stifle and what it means is you're putting out the Spirit's fire That's another translation because the Spirit has a refining fire that's burning off the impurities. It's raising them to the surface so they can be skimmed away. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.19. But we can also grieve the Spirit, which means bring sorrow to the Spirit by the way we live. That's Ephesians 4.30 and 31. Now, am I saying that you can make the Holy Spirit within you sad? Is that what I'm saying? Is it? Come on now, it's almost noon. Y'all got to get a little louder than this or I'm not letting you go home. Can you make the Spirit within you sad? Yes, you can. Does that mean that you can make God sad? That's exactly what it means. You can grieve the Spirit Residing within you by the decisions you make, by the way you live. See, this is all part of being transformed by changing the way we think. Romans 12, 2. It's mind renewal. And it's replacing those old false beliefs, those lies I mentioned to you earlier, with the truth of God. Let me tell you, if you decided about yourself, this happens in childhood. That you are no good. Nobody cares for you. God won't protect you. That belief... Will be expressed in your behavior... All your days. Well, how does it get removed? Not just through counseling. I wish counseling, simple counseling could do it. You have to have an experience with God... Where instead of being the unloved child... The overlooked child... The neglected child... You become the precious child of God, and you know it, and it fuels your life. Well, how does that happen? It happens when you have an, an encounter with God's Spirit through His Word, through prayer. That's all transformation prayer is. It's just someone praying with you so that you can have an encounter with God and His truth replaces your lie. in an experience. We pursue that relationship by communicating with God, by connecting with Christians, by caring for others. Again, back to the Brookwood tree of spiritual growth. Verse 24 in Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So you've got to deal with them. You can't indulge them. You've got to say, nope, no more. Now the Spirit convicts, but we repent. You see what I'm saying? You've got some cooperation in this method. So you don't Mm -hmm. grieve the Spirit. So you don't quench the Spirit. And since we're living by the Spirit... Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So here's a question Do you possess spiritual character that reflects Jesus' personality? Living like Jesus is also evidenced by sacrificial service that reveals humility. If we live like Jesus, we will relate to each other as he did his disciples. Matthew 20. Verse 25. But Jesus called them together and said, his disciples, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. The Greek word is diakonos. It's the word translated deacon. And it just means, in this instance, a hired worker. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. So in other words, a leader is at one level, the slave is someone who's forced into service. That's a do loss. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Now, if anyone deserved to be served, it was Jesus, God in human flesh. But he knew and he demonstrated that serving others was greater than supervising them. Boy, we sure do want to get up on top of somebody, don't we? Jesus said, climbing up is going down. Especially if we're doing it on the backs of others. He willingly gave his life as a ransom. The Greek word is luton, lutron and what it what it means is the price of release the payment of a redemption price it was used literally in that culture of money paid to release a slave and so he gave his life as a ransom for many the word for literally means in place of instead of because of and it signifies an exchange he took your place you take his He substituted his life for yours. So you receive his life and your old life died on that cross. If we live like Jesus, we will serve others in self-sacrificing ways. Are you a servant? Well, I don't know. Well, here's, here's, here's the way you know. How do you act when someone treats you like a servant? John 13. At verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. In that culture, people walked. Sometimes they rode burros, but most of the time they walked. And so their feet were always filthy. They didn't have pavement. They didn't have concrete. They didn't have sidewalks. A fine dust. You know, there's a real fine dust over there. I've been blessed to go twice. And, it, and it's just... Gets on everything. And so there was a task that was assigned to the lowest-ranking household servant, and that was to wash people's feet. It was a practical matter. But you got that job if you were the lowest-ranking servant or slave. Now, these disciples would have gladly washed Jesus' feet, but they would have resisted washing each other's feet remember they're always talking about who gets to be highest in the kingdom of heaven they didn't understand who would be next to him when he came into his uh, rule they didn't understand Jesus demonstrated that if we live like him we will be willing to serve each other in menial ways ways If you're treated like a servant and you know you are, you don't get angry. If you do get angry, you haven't understood this lesson. So, do you perform sacrificial service that reveals your humility? soul training this week is this question do i live as jesus did now last week i read this passage to you from second chronicles then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face ongoing and turn from wicked ways Ongoing. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and look at this I will restore their land we live in a land that's in vital need of restoration you know what I don't care if you're delighted by the election or you're horrified by it the call for Christians is the same we repent of our sins. We seek the Savior. We ask for restoration within and without. So I want to urge you, the election's over. The prayer just started. Romans 13, 1, write these down. I'm not going to read all this. Tells us that all authority is given by God. Doesn't say what His reason for giving us certain authority is. First Timothy 2 says that we're supposed to pray for all those in authority, verses 1 through 3, that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases our Savior. Now I want to close the service with a blessing on you from Ephesians 5. Imitate God in everything you do. Because you are his dear children. And live a life that's filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us. He loved you. And he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. You are much loved by God. Inhale that aroma. Father, thank you for dying in our place. And help us by your spirit to live as you did on earth and want us to continue. In Christ's name, amen. The counselors are here to pray with you, to anoint you with oil to talk to you about a faith relationship. Thank you for coming.